You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried out Built for the Stage yet, go to builtforthestage.com. We'll be on our way to a free trial using an online fitness app, builtforthestage.com. Special thanks to Broadway Podcast Network. You can check them out at bpn.fm. Been doing some Built for the Stage swag giveaways. Let's do um, take a screenshot of this episode with our guest that I'll intro in just a second. Post it to your Instagram story. And let's share your, if you were an animal in another life, which animal would you be? If you do that, screenshot the episode, put it to your story, share what animal you would reincarnate yourself as. It'll enter you into a drawing for some free swag. You can check out that swag on billforthestage.com. All right, let's get to our guest, exciting guest as always. Got connected, I think via the gram, or maybe a few friends that I know that are also in the show that they're currently uh, in on Broadway right now. This guest has been a part of the who's who's of regional theaters as well. Um, they also won a Helen Hayes Award for uh, their performance as Paul at the Signature Theater, which is super cool. Um, yeah, right now they're in the musical Chicago on the Broadway. Please welcome to the episode, Jeff Gordy. Hey, Jeff. Hi. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now I'm curious, what animal would you... Oh, see, I I put this up off the top of my head, and now I feel like I would be... I mean, I think I would be a dog. I think dogs have a great life, you know? They just eat, sleep, play, play ball, take naps all day. Like, I think that's a good life. People love them. I remember growing up and looking at my dog when I would leave for school and be so envious. Right. Envious. Just like your day is going to be so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have two dogs and I often look at them just chilling on the couch like, hey, must be nice. Must be nice. What about you? Do you have, do you have an animal that you, you would choose? love to come back as. I, I've always been so interested in gorillas. <gasps> so weird. That was going to be – okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell yeah. me. Us with them and and kind of not only their their cognitive ability and um but like the the family aspect of gorillas and I'm, I'm just so fascinated by them they have like a sense of humor too yeah they do <laughs> and you don't want to mess with them either uh-uh. so you got a lot of things going for you typically they have a nice build aesthetically yeah. they have the family mm-hmm. you get messed with you have a good sense of humor I think that's a good life. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're changing your answer. <laughs> you know? They're so vastly different though. You know? <laughs> the jungle in a house. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we hit record, I told you this interview could go anywhere. Now look where it's gone. Talking gorillas and dogs. Did you think that you were going to go on Bill for the Stage podcast and talk about reincarnating yourself as a gorilla and the host reincarnating as a dog? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so tell us, let's just, um, let's go into you. Let's do the you before the shows. You grew up in Philly, yeah? Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah North Philly. North Philly. Okay, what's the difference? I don't know. I'm ignorant. North, what's, uh, tell me. There's different uh, different vibes, different, uh, it's kind of like New York in the sense of boroughs and um, kind of North Philly has a different pride than, than different sections. But yeah. Understood. So if if I said, Oh, you're from New York City, and you said something like, "Yeah, Upper East Side." That's much different than like Hell's Kitchen. One hundred percent. All right, so, so North Philly, uh, it is. Um, growing up, you got like right into the arts, or how was yeah, it? I kind of had a. Um, I did sports when I was younger, and then my mom got a pamphlet in the mail about like a local dance studio, and was like do you want to try to do this? And I was like a yes kid. And I was like, yeah, why not? And so I kind of fell in love with dance and um, spent a little training with the rock school in Philadelphia, which is a ballet academy. Quickly realized ballet was not for me. Um, and then uh, kind of fell in love with musical theater, I would say through high school, did a lot of shows uh, there. Um went to school, majored in theater, minored in dance and kind of the rest is history. Yeah. It was, it was kind of, I've always loved the arts, always went and saw shows. Um, my first Broadway show was Phantom of the Opera, which is really saddening to hear the news can that just you, happened. Can um, you believe it? Can you I, believe it? It's a staple. It's a staple. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Cause it's like, ugh, I hope that's just not a, overall sign for where yeah. we're at right now in the industry i mean many people would say it is but i'm trying to stay optimistic and say that no. it's, it's not um i love that you said you were a yes kid mm. this was natural to you or like what what brought that on where you, where you grew up and just being like a i'll try it yeah i think i um i i was kind of performative as a kid. I loved like just kind of uh, get, uh, playing dress up, playing all kinds of stuff. So I think it was kind of innately in me and we were in a house that just embraced, uh, uh, both my mom and dad are in medicine and my brother and I are in the arts. So they kind of just embraced uh, creativity in our house. Um, and so, so yeah, there was that, that aspect that um, why not say yes kind of thing in our house. Um, you know, obviously that came with some things growing up, you know, you're, you're the boy that boy, one of the few boys in school that danced the way I danced, you know, we had a lot of cool, uh, went to a super diverse, um, high school. So we had kids that would, you know, a couple of kids, even I went to high school with our backup dancers now for some big stars, but I was, I was still the twinkle toes, you know? Mm. <laughs> you went on you went to point park yeah point park and said on your resume i saw that you also played rugby uh was it like yeah. like a club team or what what was the deal there it was uh considered d3 
Um, I know. So it's a, it's a club, but we also, we played Carnegie Mellon. Um, so my freshman year, I got um, to school kind of early and I was just working out. And one of the team captains came up to me in the gym and was like, you, you want to come run with us, you know, on Friday? Uh-huh. So I ran with them, um, ended up doing a lot better than I thought. We literally ran across the Roberto Clemente Bridge. Heinz Field, ran back to the point, if you guys are familiar with Pittsburgh. And I was like, dang, yeah, I, I definitely kept up with these guys. And then they were like, come practice with us. I ended up being a starter, left wing. Um, and then at the end of that season, I saw so many guys go down that I was like, what am I doing? You know? I was just going to say, rugby is a very, very physical sport. And I was going to say, did you ever – uh, have any injuries happen to you and also being a performer that's like a ugh, that's not a good situation I think the the um I've I've had worse injuries in dance than I ever did in rugby though which mm. is fascinating you know I've, I've had two grade three sprains on my ankles um you know uh, in rugby I think the worst was I was in the rut and a guy stepped on me with his cleats mm. and that was pretty much it. that was like kind of the worst I'm from Youngstown, so I'm very familiar with Pittsburgh. So when you were saying all those things, I knew exactly what you were talking about. That's a run, right? That's, that's definitely, it's a bit of a run. That was a long run, yeah. Um, so you were with the Yinzers, Sarah oh. Meal and I. Did you go? Were you around the same time as Sarah Meal? Just after her. Yeah, yeah. She always has some great jokes about the Yinzers in Pittsburgh. I love me some Sarah Meal, and she has probably one of the best Yinzer accents that she can put on. I'm, I'm if, if, yeah, if you see Sarah Meal, just say, "Can I have some Yinzer?" Yeah. <laughs> if you want a good laugh in general, she's always good for one. She's always good for yeah. one. All right. So, how was that? Like, okay, two things, and they're kind of like along the same lines. One is that you grew up athletic. You did things like rugby, but you were still in the arts. And I have that same experience growing up. So I know kind of firsthand in a way, obviously our experiences are individual, but but similar. Like, how was that? And then the second part is growing up with two parents in the medical field, did you f- – it seemed like you were kind of getting at that they are supportive, but did you ever feel pressured into like following their – their their steps you know not really i think it's so interesting with parents i think a lot of parents i you know even parents that are actors they almost don't want you to go into the same field because they they just know it so well right so i think um i think there was a time period where i wanted to be a doctor because you know i just thought it was cool seeing my dad kind of do get dressed up do the things see how he worked the office and that kind of thing um, but then as I got older, I was like, uh, you know, I, I, my soul is not necessarily in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, um, they, they really, because I think my dad was kind of pushed in the direction of medicine. My mom just kind of, you know, it happened to her that way. She always loved the arts and so did my dad and my grandfather and my dad's so was a major uh, fan of the arts. Um, and so so yeah, I think once, uh, and my grandmother was a prima ballerina, so it was kind of on my mom's side in that sense, um, okay. to just kind of go for it. Yeah. Got it. And then growing up, so the parents were on board. How about like your friend circle outside of the arts, um, on the athletic side, were they supportive of you or did you have to kind of, uh, work through any tension or, you know, people giving you a hard time about it because 
kids are kids are idiots, you know, kids are kids. One hundred percent. I think um, when we were super young, um, I got some crap, but then once I once I got older, and my my core friend group that I'm still close with were friends since first grade, second grade, um, all athletes, um, and they they were they would always be like, Jeff's going to go and, and do something, you know, y'all are going to still be kicking it in Philly or like doing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were always so supportive. would come and see my shows. They've come and see my show, almost every show, even regionally. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't, I was very fortunate in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I never awesome. had it. How, how, how are you fortunate to have the friend circle that you do? Because it's not always the case for everyone, especially as you get older, it's, it's harder to either stay connected or keep those, um, relationships vibrant in the midst of busyness, in the midst of uh, a two-ish year pandemic. Um, what's that been like? Cause I always tell my clients, like that circle is very important. Those people that you're surrounding yourself with are, are very important to your life, your success, your trajectory of your journey. Yeah, I think um, we uh, think there's something that has kept us healthy. Um, and we've had our peaks and valleys. We don't like communicate all the time 100%. But when we do reconnect and we're back together, it's like we never missed a beat. But I think especially during like the pivotal transition years of growing up, we all really checked each other. It was like, you know, all right, you're, you're, turning into some, you know, I know you at your core, you know, and like who you are. Um, You know, I'll never forget one of my buddies. I came back from uh, college one time and he was like, you humbled out. You really humbled out. And he was like, I was going to actually like tell you, you know, you kind of got too big for your bridges, but I don't know. I don't even need to tell you that. So it's that kind of stuff. I think that's the most important thing. And then those are my friends outside of theater, which I think is important too to have, just so that the business just doesn't co- become all consuming. Um, and then, uh, can, we, can yeah. we pause on that? Because that's another important fact that I believe in wholeheartedly as well. Uh, go into like that that balance. You're you're doing the show eight times a week. You go to other other gigs. You you're theater, theater, theater. How do you step outside of that? What? How do you find balance? Um, I find balance personally within friend groups. Um, I the gym is a solace for me uh, to separate. Um, I'm a big fan of sports. I find that to be kind of a, a disconnect, just so that I'm not like, oh, you know, auditions or what what shows, you know, you know, and f- becoming obsessed with social media in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of have those different avenues just so that I'm not, I'm, I try to, and especially I think it's because I went to a public high school, I try to remain as um, well-rounded. Mm. People, people that, that are fully invested in the business, I'm not saying that they're not well-rounded, but it's like, I don't know, I, uh, uh, it helps me maintain a healthy state. Uh, yeah, they're kind of like, mini vacations you know when you go on vacation and you come back from vacation you have an appreciation for the normalcy of life a little bit and that goes the same i think in a career with theater if you can kind of just remove yourself from that and do x y and z when you come back to the 
the mix of theater. It's a little bit mm, either less daunting or more appreciative, et cetera, et cetera. Let's, you say you, uh, you like to go to the gym. We don't have to get into like sure. whatever, any science, scientific methodology or whatever, but just what's that look like? You, you go to the, the same gym all the time. Do you work out outside? Do you go at the same time every day? What's your routine like? Um, so I have a gym in my building. So that's probably the biggest game changer. Um, uh, you know, during the pandemic, it was a lot of at-home workouts. I called them prison workouts just because of where we were all kind of at. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, my process is pretty much a, a healthy diet balance and um, a lot of conditioning and cardio. Um Weight training, obviously implemented in, um, I tried to kind of, um, almost do circuit training where I'll do a balance of, of weightlifting, cardio, weightlifting, cardio, just to keep my heart rate up, especially with these shows and stuff. And then yeah. kind of jumpstart my day. And I'm a morning workout guy. I prefer morning, afternoon. Um, all right. Tell but, us why. Cause I'm, I'm with you on that one. Tell us yeah. why. Um, I just think my, um, uh, physically and mentally, I'm sharpest. And it also just, for me, jump starts my day. Um, I wake up, I'll eat a breakfast, uh, crazy amount of eggs, um, and then uh, go to the gym. I would take my pre-workout, go to the gym, post-workout uh, meal, and then, um, depending on the day, kind of have bits and bobs and then go to my show. Yeah. You so know? would you consider yourself even besides the gym, are you a pretty regimented person? For the most part, I love a schedule. Yeah. I love a schedule. And I think I was even crazy during the pandemic. I would like make a list as if my day was packed, but it just helped me be like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go walk my uh, family's dogs. And then it's just like having that is, is huge. Yeah. I think everyone that's listening, if you're in between a contract uh, or a gig, you have your auditions, yeah, maybe you have your quote-unquote survival job, but there is a bit of you're, you're lost in the galaxy, per se, when you're waiting for that next gig. Mm-hmm. So if you can just put things on your calendar that are going to move you forward in some way, whether it's today from 4 to 5, I'm going to go over my song for my voice lesson next week, and then from uh, 5 to 6, I'm going to, you know, it's it's... No what you just said like if you if you don't know where you're going you're gonna go nowhere so so you got to put that down in writing and commit to it and you'll be a lot more likely to to get to get things done for sure yeah um all right let's jump into the show that we keep talking about so right now you're uh in chicago and you are you play the role of dr judge i'm assuming you're you have ensemble, other ensemble parts during that uh, course of the show, and you also understudy Billy Flynn and uh, Fred Casely. Tell us just what's been up at the show. Any funny stories? Any crazy stories? Any? I uh, I, I, I love the show. Um, it was a dream show. It was a, um, I just hit my one year mark. Show. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. And um, and it's great. I mean it. The thing that I love about Chicago is it's a revolving door of different leads and different people, different energies. Um, our ensemble is kind of like the core that stays there. And then it's just, you know, we have um, Angelica Ross, 
in right now, playing Roxy, um, making history, which is awesome. We had Pamela Anderson a few months ago. We have uh, Brandon Victor Dixon as Billy right now. James Monroe Iglehart was through our doors. Like, it's just cool. It's just mm-hmm. constantly, like, switching it up. And it is cool, um, you know, just backstage, like, getting to know, you know, usually I'm hanging out in the stage manager's office. Um, Ambassador Theater is pretty tight. So we're kind of all on top of each other, but we all have our little, like, nooks and spots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like getting to know, like sitting there and 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 talking to Pamela Anderson, um, and you know, it's just something I would never guess. Jennifer Holliday was with us a couple of months ago. Um, Mama Lilius White was with us at the beginning. Um, yeah, it's just and and the the it's honestly the people for me. Like Lilius White is probably one of my dearest people. I I will call her in a heartbeat she'll call me and i just never would have thought i would have that relationship if it wasn't for chicago it's really cool yeah i i never thought about that for the the ensemble it's such a you mentioned phantom chicago is right up there with as far as how long it's been running but the amount of times you're shuffling new people in and out i'm sure that helps with keeping the show fresh because in essence you as the ensemble are are like working as guides up there. You know how it is when understudies go on or new people are coming in, like <laughs> they're looking at you in character, but they're also looking at you like, please, dude, please have my back. Like, please help me. One hundred percent. Yeah. I, and as an understudy, I actually know that look, and it's like, where do I go? Yeah, yeah I'm with you right now, but like, where the heck do I go? Um, yeah. Any. Any fun memories uh, going on, uh, Billy Flynn? It's been a, it's been a second. I think I saw the the show last in 2019. Okay. Um, he has like a it's is is it a patter song or it's a very fast song with a lot of lyrics, right? Um, the puppet song. Yeah. Have you ever? What's the puppet song called? What is that song called? Both reach for the gun. Yes, exactly. Have Have you nailed that every time or or how how's that number gone? I I'm bringing it up because I can imagine it's got to be a tough one to like if you don't rep it out day in and day yeah. out, it's a hard one to step into. You know, it's it's actually um, it's it's not too bad. It, it, it actually that's a fun song to me because it's really just like Roxy, and you can kind of hide your face a little bit, and it's it's um, that's a fun one. You pop up to um, to that note at the end, which is great. The audience, you know, all. Um, loves that believe it or not the one that from my experience um the first couple times i went on for billy and actually james said this in another uh podcast and i completely agree uh you get shot out of the cannon with billy your first song is all i care about Mm. um and you know the the women are all kind of chanting we want billy and then you just come up these stairs and this bright spotlight hits you in the face and you're like okay there's no going back now (laughs) you know like i'm here now and then you have to you know introduce yourselves everyone here is everyone ready and then you have to make it down those stairs once again and then you can like kind of start but it's like as soon as that light hits you i'll never forget that i was just like Phew. yeah um, do you yeah. do anything off stage before that moment to kind of warm you up for that so that it's not so abrupt or what's your your routine like i um i actually say to myself i do some 
like vocal things just to kind of release my uh, my voice a little bit. But um, but I actually say to myself five thousand um, dollars because that's what um, uh, uh, Mama Morton just says to Roxy. Like he's worth five thousand dollars every client. Um, so I go $5,000, $5,000 on wooden, and then boom, it helps me kind of just like, yeah, yeah. I really like that. I really yeah. like that. Awesome. All right, cool. Let's segue back to your experience at Signature Theater, uh, when you played the role of Paul and, and uh, again, congrats on the Helen Hayes award. Wow. Course Line is just obviously to all of us, it's always such a special show. Um, what was that experience like? And did you... Were you like, hey, I'm going to nail this. I'm going to win an award. <laughs> like, like, I was not expecting that. Also learned um, I didn't have a speech prepared because I just was not expecting. So I'm like crying. Um, my friend had just won uh, the uh, uh, Best Supporting Actress right before me. So it was just like I, I was totally caught off guard. But the, the process was really crazy. I mean – Dennis Jones choreographed it and his choreography was incredible, super athletic, super um, fun and tough and challenging, um, you know, signature theater. It's not a huge space. So, but, but filling that space with that line and those people was so special. Um, and being in a more intimate space, it almost felt like we brought it back to the public where it was originally done. Um, uh, a chorus line and it was like you know i didn't especially with paul i i felt such a deep connection to paul in so many ways um you know i uh, i'm a cancer survivor yeah i was gonna say what's a few of them yeah i'm a cancer survivor i actually lost my left eye to cancer so he his vulnerability of just um loving himself and accepting himself and kind of the journey throughout the monologue um, and, and kind of almost hitting a point of, uh, reconciliation, I guess you could say with his folks and just finally having that release, um, was something so special, you know, uh, I love that he says, one of my favorite lines that he says is, um, uh, I always knew I was gay. That didn't bother me. What bothered me is that I didn't know how to be a boy, uh, or a man. And, um, I think a lot of men can relate to that of what that what society defines that as yeah um, you know so so that that was one of my like thesis moments I remember like circling that and highlighting that multiple times um, and and yeah he's just such a special character that I'll never forget and so in that I was like I am not only um, trying to do Sammy Williams justice, uh, Michael Bennett justice, but like just making myself kind of proud and, and finding catharsis in within Paul. Um, uh, a lot of the guys would bust on me like around half hour. I would plug in. I had my music. Um, I had my whole Paul playlist that I would listen to music right before the monologue. Um, and Bridge Over Troubled Water, a couple other songs. And um, and just like imagining him in New York and, and um, yeah, what kind of music he would have listened to. Yeah. Well, wow. You, going back, 
being a cancer yeah. survivor. When was this in your life? When did this happen? I was about 15, 16 months old. Um, it's a form of uh, eye cancer called retinoblastoma. It's, it's common in a lot of uh, pediatric patients. Um, I caught it. Thankfully, they caught it early. Usually it spreads to the other eye or it sp- spreads back to the brain. And my folks, they thankfully were in medicine and yeah. they noticed in photos, uh, it wasn't, uh, my left eye wasn't reflecting like in photos. So they took me to Will's Eye in Philadelphia, which is a world-renowned um, hospital, and they got me into surgery right away. And uh, yeah, I'm 100% cancer-free. Obviously, there's still checkups and stuff that I have to do. Yeah. But, um, Does that? But, uh, yeah. yeah. No. No. Obviously, that still affects uh, as a performer. You know, I've lived with my whole life, but um, but I have absolutely no left peripheral. Um, and yeah, just it'll take some adjusting, you know, like uh, dance calls. I'm usually always far left. I'm, uh, it's just that I can kind of fully see the room. Yeah. Um, there's a decent amount of sorries because I bump into people a lot. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. And, I imagine uh, like scene changes too, or when the, the it goes dark pretty, that's going to be a challenge. Yeah, actually, I... Um, uh, there's one other actress who is a flipping legend in our show. Her name's Sharon Moore, and she's legally blind. Um, and so when she's on and I'm on, we're like, we're messes. We, 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 we bust with each other. But, um, but actually, at the end of the show, during the blackout, Selena Nightingale, she'll, she'll kind of uh, pull me to the wing um, at the end of the show. Because that's really, I think, the only blackout that really affects me. Uh Um, but yeah, once the lights go out, it just takes my right eye a few seconds to fully adjust. Like I can't. Yeah. um, Wow. This is like a whole other episode. Cause now I'm like tracking back to you, like learning to be accustomed with it. I'm sure since it was, you know, you were just a baby, like you kind of only know what you know in a way, but still you had to, I'm sure come up with your own ways of making it work, whether it was sports or performance or dance, anything growing up you can remember of like, Oh, this was a moment I was, I had to like figure this out. Um, I think nothing in like particular, I think it's just the awareness of it. Like, you know, in sports, like, like in rugby, I'm like to the captain, I'm like, yo, so just so you know, I have no left peripheral. I need to be left wing. I have to be all the way on the sideline, you know, um, so that I can have a full view of the field. Um, just stuff like that. I think, uh, it's always interesting just because each time I get a job, I, I, it's, it's something that's not a hundred percent noticeable. So I usually have to have that conversation with the team or whoever's kind of setting it being like, Hey, just so you know, this is, this is this, um, you know, especially when it comes down to tech, uh, I need to, uh, just kind of, yeah, be more mindful of things. It might take me a couple of minutes just to fully adjust, but no particular moment, I think growing up that I was like, yeah, full, fully having to readjust. Gotcha. All right, so very cool and inspiring for sure. Um, genuinely mean that. Looking at your 
your uh, resume, your list of credits here? Are there any shows or roles that you're like, mm, someday, I can't wait? Um, I would say uh, Usnavian in the Heights. Yeah. I'm dying. I'm dying <laughs> to jump into that. Um, yeah, there's. I, I did a little work on it in school. Um, also, I'm, I'm really slowly trying to make the change to plays. I want to do a lot more plays now. Mm. Um, did that a decent amount in college, too. And, um, and I think actually Paul taught me that, that uh, there's something about working with text that I just, I love. I love it. Dissecting text. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, hey. Jeff, it was great to get to, to meet you, to know you a bit more here on this episode. Appreciate your time. Um, yeah, thanks for being on Built for the Stage podcast. Thanks, brother. Hey, everyone that's following along, that's listening, that was Jeff Gordy. Make sure you go to Instagram, give him a follow. It's uh, simply his name. Great branding there. I always love simplicity. You can find him there on the gram. You can go to his website, jeffgordy.com as well. Um, you can find that in the description of this episode and uh yeah it was a pleasure thanks jeff thanks man everyone joe roscoe don't forget screenshot this episode put it on your instagram story tag us and let us know which animal you would reincarnate jeff was a a gorilla i'm either a gorilla or a dog um i got to know jeff i like jeff so i'll be a gorilla too so we can hang out we can (laughs) hang out we can tell jokes together since we're kind of witty and uh yeah just fam jam it out Everyone, buildforstage.com, actors or athletes, train like one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.